Hi guys, welcome back to Working Title. I'm your host, Margot, and I'm so excited that you guys are here and listening, and I finally get to sit down and tell my story of how I launched my business, No Particular Order. If you are unfamiliar with what No Particular Order is, it is a journaling brand that launched December 1, 2022, so it's still relatively new. We have one product out. Also, if I'm using the pronoun we, um, that means I. We are a business of one, but I use, I, I, I feel like I've trained myself to use we so that on business calls with other companies, it seems more legit than you know, having like the marketing and the manufacturing and the fulfillment all done by me, myself, and I. So if I'm using the word we, I, I'm not trying to confuse. Um, that's just me by myself. Yeah, so at No Particular Order, we have one product so far. It is No Particular Order Volume 1. It is a 206-page prompted journal, so every page has a different prompt on it. There are light bullet points, so if you like some guidance when you're journaling, they're there, but you can also totally ignore them. And the cover is made with a paper-like material, so you can completely customize the cover. And most importantly, like its namesake, you can use the journal in any order that you like. So you can flip through, you can start from the beginning, you can do 50 pages at once, you can put the journal down for two weeks and then pick it back up again. It's really a choose your own adventure type of journal. And I'm going to get to kind of how I decided on that because there were so many decisions that just went into the formatting of the journal. But that's the product. We are officially restocked a major, the first major restock. So if you want to shop the volume one journal you can go to noparticularorder.co and they should be on the website still a learning process of how it's going to sell but by the time you're listening to this my guess is that they will be available for purchase so yeah that's the business oh my god it's so crazy to be sitting here I've been recording voice memos to help me record this podcast for the past two years, I was just in my voice memo app and I have recordings from it is April 4th, 2022. And today is the day that I pick my paper samples for the journal. And the day I'm recording this is April 8th, 2023. And there's audio recordings from way before that also. So we're stepping back in time and um, I'm really excited to dive into this. So before I get into the story and the conception of this business, I do want to say that I'm going to try to hit as many points as possible in this episode and tell you guys as much as I can remember, but I'm just totally going from memory. I've tried to write down notes to do this episode, but there are just so many different verticals that I can go down and dive into and do just full episodes on just one part of building this. So I'm going to let you guys kind of take the lead. Tell me what you're interested in learning about and hearing about from my experience. That being said, the next episode of Working Title is going to be a question and answer relating to no particular order and building this business and the product. So if you have any questions, if you're listening on Spotify, there will be a question box that you can put your questions there. I'm going to pull from those first. And then I will also post a question box on my Instagram story, which is at margot.lee, and I'll be pulling questions from there as well. Now that I've done my spiel, let's start at the very beginning. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As most of you probably know, I've been on social media for about 12 years creating content now, which is so crazy. 
but I started on YouTube and a lot of my content has just been vlogs and it's just been showing things that have been going on in my life. I started when I was a freshman in high school, so taking you guys through my high school experience and then going to college and then through post-grad and COVID and all of that craziness. And one of the topics that was always kind of like in the background of my videos because I didn't ever think of it as being that important or helpful to talk about for other people is journaling. I have always been somebody who has journaled. What I started to notice the more that I was talking about it on social media is that there was this stigma with journaling that it had to be this like really beautiful thing. You had to have classical music on in the background when you were writing, perfect handwriting that was bubbly and beautiful. And that was just never my experience. I grew up with two older brothers in the house and they are five and seven years older than me. So we were all always on different schedules. And the main way that we communicated with our mom and dad and, and they communicated back to us was writing on these notes around the house and just leaving them around the house. It wouldn't be uncommon to open my door and there would just be a note at the bottom saying, you know, the instructions for the morning or after school notes or things to remember to put in my backpack. It was always a very casual relationship to jotting things down. And so I just kind of took that into my own practice. And there was never any pressure with journaling. So anyways, I'm talking about it on YouTube. I'm seeing that people are interested in this. So I bring it a bit more into my content. And then I graduate in 2020. We all know where this is going. Was sent home in March. And this is when TikTok was getting really big. I was trying to figure out how I could create content on that app and have it be something that I was really proud of, but it didn't necessarily need to be focused on me as a character. So I thought about doing journaling and I've always thought about journaling as being a really beautiful time capsule also into different parts of our life. So I decided to start a series called the Quarantine Journal on TikTok where the first day I basically posted a, I don't know, six second video saying, I know you have empty notepads or half used journals or notebooks around your house. Go find them and every day I'm going to post a prompt about what it's like to be living during this time. Some of them might be focused on COVID and quarantining. Some of them might just be creative to take our mind off of it. But let's do this together. This is going to be a fun thing. So I post that video and it blows up. Like it gets millions of views. I remember going on a walk around the block with my mom after that. And every time I refreshed my TikTok page, there was like 10,000 new followers coming in from this video. And it was crazy. So from that day on for I would say the next like 80 or 90 days on and off, but pretty consistent, I would post a prompt that everyone who was following along could just write into their own journals that they had lying around and respond to the prompt. Once that kind of faded out just because I was getting more distracted and I was struggling to think of prompts that were related to COVID, a couple months went by and I thought, you know what, that was really fun and I'm curious if this is something that people would be interested in again. So I started the same series again. It was the same instruction in the first video, very short, super simple, and the exact same thing happened. So with that pen to paper series, did the same thing every day. There were different prompts. I actually have it sitting right in front of me. I use it as like a coffee table book. I'm just going to read a couple prompts that I'm looking at. So day seven, the prompt was about reminiscing. Write five memories from your childhood you'll always cherish. On day 10, it was about give back. So the prompt was write about a cause or organization you're passionate about and list five actionable ways you can help the cause. Day 12 was about taboos. So the prompt was what is a taboo word or saying that comes to mind? Write freely your thoughts and opinions on this topic. Reading the comments on the relaunch of this series on TikTok, I really started to think about, okay, can this be something bigger if the exact same thing happened and it drew in a new audience that is really excited about doing this? Is there a bigger concept here? I started with doing a couple like proof of concept things. So 
I texted different groups of friends and I said, is a journal with prompts in it something that you would be interested in? Would you use this? Would you purchase this? Do you own anything like it? And then I went to a paper store. I think I went to McNally Jocks and Goods for this study. And I picked up a pack of mini journals. I think I actually might still have one in my desk. But they're literally like three inch by two inch journals, probably 40 pages. And I brought them to lunch that day. I think I just sat outside of Sweetgreen. And I kind of wanted to challenge myself, like, what would this look like if I had a book full of prompts? And if I can remember correctly, I think at this point, the concept was creating these prompts for people individually. So somebody would come and say, I really want a book of prompts. Um, I want to focus on mindfulness or manifestation and I want a 40 page journal and I would basically create a custom journal for each person quickly realized (laughs) that that wasn't sustainable but because I've never manufactured anything I've never you know created a product on a large scale by myself I didn't know if that was possible and that was doable so I was just thinking like smaller scale what can I do you know I can go to the bookstore and pick up these mini journals and create this for people depending on what they needed anyways I sat down with this book and I swear within like 10 minutes the entire book was filled out with prompts so that proved to me that this is a skill that I have I'm able to write these questions and create something that's really fun and interactive and playful and something that I want to share with people. Once I had created this, I touched on this at the beginning, but I was trying to figure out what the format of this journal would be. Was it going to be a journal to practice productivity? Was it going to be something that you woke up every day and you filled out the same prompts? Was it going to be broken into different sections? So part of the book was for creativity, part of the book was for mindfulness, part of the book was for kind of creating a time capsule for yourself. The more that I looked at books in the market and what already existed, I think there are a lot of journals that have the same prompt just repeated on every page. So I didn't want it to be that. I think for a lot of people, that type of journaling can be very helpful and I don't want to discredit that. But I knew that that wasn't going to be my value add into this industry. I started playing around with this concept of just having it all in the same journal. Because when I thought about how I journal, I don't have different journals for work and for personal and for goals. It's just all in the same book. And if you flip through my journal, it literally will be like a to-do list. And then the next page will be a list of content ideas. And the next page will be a check-in with myself. The next page will be me like angry journaling about something that happened that day. And I love it that way because it really does act like a time capsule. And I think it also just portrays the way that we think and the way that we go about the world. We don't compartmentalize ourselves when we go out, even when we show up to our career or when we have to show up to something that's more emotional, our full self is showing up there. And I think for me, that was really reflected in my own journal. And I thought, okay, I think this can really actually work in a journal if I can convince people that it's helpful to have all of this stuff in one place and it's really fun and playful. Once I had the general concept down, I started to believe in myself that I can do this. I knew that I needed to start coming up with a name for the business. This was a huge challenge. And I think this part, I was really questioning myself a lot about my ideas because it's really hard to name a business. So not only do you have to come up with the name for the business that you're really excited about, you think it's relevant, you think that it can be applicable to future products and future ways for the business to grow that you haven't even thought of yet, but it also has to be available specifically in two places. So you want the domain to be available. And the way that I checked this is I went to godaddy.com and would just type in different names of ideas that I came up with. And nine times out of 10, the domain was taken. And usually the 10th time, the domain would cost like $15,000 to purchase. If you're a venture-backed business and you think that name is super important, then go for it. But I knew I wasn't in that position. The other thing that you have to consider is that the Instagram username is available and if it's not 
then what's the closest you can get to it? And does that still work for your business? Or are you going to do yourself a huge disservice because people can't find you or they're typing it the wrong way or people get confused about what the website is then? So between coming up with a name for the business I loved, finding a domain that was available and finding an Instagram handle that was available, you're just kind of like crossing every name off because sometimes it'll fit two times out of the three, but it really needed to check all of those boxes. I think I actually have a list on my phone of some of the names that I was considering. So let me try to find it. Okay, I found it. So this note on my phone is from December 26, 2021 at 10 15 a.m. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe they're all here. Okay. I'm just going to go down it. Glass half. So there's a lot of concept about like the glass half full, optimism, choosing how you see things. So glass half was one of them. Please return to. I actually still really like that. And I think there's just something really sweet that at the beginning of every journal you have, there's typically like a if lost, please return to. And I also loved the idea that journals help you return to yourself and to your thoughts and how you see the world because I think there's so much noise in the outside world that you can get so distracted. So I actually really like that. Too tender to type. <laughs> That's cute, but it's a little weird. Postscript, impromptu, stormy time, up in the air, until next time, to whom it may concern. There's so many more of these. So if you guys want to hear more of the alternate parallel universe names of no particular order, then um, I can include that in the Q&A episode. I ultimately landed on no particular order. And that also helped to inform, again, just how the book was going to be laid out and written and organized, which essentially is there's no organization in the book. So once I had the name, once I had the general business concept and what the product was going to be, I had to set out to actually write the book. This honestly was probably the easiest part of the process for me because for some reason writing prompts is very easy for me and I think because I was in this mindset where I knew that this was the project I was working on and something that I was writing, I was able to take conversations that I was in or questions that I heard from other people or articles that I was reading and translate them into prompts for a journal. For example, I remember something I was talking about, it was probably honestly during a fashion week, was the way that I felt after spending time with people or in certain spaces and just feeling really yucky and also just being mindful that that's not how I wanted other people to feel when they left me or when they left my space that I created. And so that ultimately turned into a prompt, which I talked about a couple episodes ago. And the prompt from memory is something like, how do you hope people are left feeling after they spend time with you? So I just wrote all of these prompts. I didn't really know how many I was aiming for, but landed like around the 200 mark felt good. From there, I was very aware that I needed to actually figure out how to manufacture this and how to create a product. A website I had heard of, I think from a friend, or maybe it was just TikTok or something, but it's called importyeti.com. Essentially what you can do is when you go on the website, you can search a company and a lot of their manufacturers will come up and it'll link to the website. So when I was doing this, I was looking at like Mad Happy. I was looking at Papier because these are companies that have made, you know, journal-like products or paper-related products. We're not really strangers, etc. So a lot of the links from companies that I was looking into, not just the three that I just mentioned, but I don't know, I probably had a list of like 50 companies that I was looking into on importyeti.com. A lot of their products were coming from China and the websites would link out to Alibaba websites. So I started doing research about those, but it was really hard to get clear information about where the products were made, if it was ethical, if it was sustainable, without like basically selling your soul to get this information. So on Alibaba, essentially the way that it worked was they had 
a catalog of products that you could choose from and then customize. So if it was a printer, they would have all of these different products, different types of journals, pens, blank card decks, and you could go in and customize the products and they would basically print on those products that were already made. You didn't really have say about how the book was made, which at this point, I didn't really think that there would be other ways to do it just because I because at this point I had no experience with book manufacturing. I didn't know kind of like how custom it was supposed to get if the books were supposed to be pre-made and then printed or if you're supposed to make the book. But that's kind of how that world worked. So I would pull up all of these different products, have so many different tabs open of different journals, try to understand the specs and the size and how many pages and how custom I could make it. This is when I started thinking about what the material of the cover would look like, if the pages were going to be dotted, and just really started thinking about like, okay, what is the product and how hands-on do I want to be with deciding every detail of what the journal is? Because with these products, it wasn't going to be that hands-on. Of course, I probably could have dug deeper and found other options that were more hands-on but from what I was seeing again you pick the product and print on it then I started thinking okay maybe I want to print in the states that way I could say they're made in America I could potentially visit the facilities so I started looking into printing presses around the states and something obviously that you are considering when you're looking at these products and these different manufacturing options is how expensive the products are going to be. When you are manufacturing in high quantities, the price will depend on how many products you're printing. So if you're printing 500, then let's say the book would be $5 each. If you're printing 1,000, the books are maybe $4.40 each. So it lowers the cost of each product. And obviously there's more benefit to just printing more product if you think you're going to be able to sell it, which I don't even, I had no idea how many to make. So I was just trying to get estimates of like generally how many per thousand or whatever it would cost. So when I started looking at the stateside printers, I was dumbfounded with how expensive the cost was going to be. I started mostly on the East Coast region just because if part of the reason I was going to be printing in America was to be able to visit the facility and have a personal relationship with the printers, I wanted to have close enough access to that. These companies that I reached out to, even when I said I was printing, you know, thousands of copies, they said each book to print would cost me upwards of $20, $22 per book. So when you're thinking about wholesale and then retail, you obviously want to have a profit margin. I knew from the start that I didn't want to price these books, you know, crazy expensive. I wanted them to be as accessible as possible while still being able to maintain a business, take the funds to make new products and keep the business going. But if I had to buy the books, you know, pre-shipping, pre-tax at $22 a book, I would have to be selling them for probably around $50 to $60 to see a profit. These costs were kind of just out of the question. Even when I moved more into the Midwest, West Coast, South, like I looked everywhere, the prices were just kind of bonkers to me. So setting this kind of manufacturing search aside, another thing that I was looking for was a graphic designer. This was the one part of the business where I knew somebody was going to be able to do it better than I. The accounting stuff I knew I could figure out, the marketing stuff I've been studying for years, so I knew I could do that by myself. Writing the prompts I knew I could do, and I was really proud of what I was writing. But when it came to translating those prompts into paper, knowing how to format them to a print-ready format, and just making sure that the designs were thoughtful, not only in like an aesthetic way, but also in a utilitarian way where maybe a prompt should be lower down on a page, or maybe there's a graph that we can use that will better demonstrate how I imagine that the audience is going to interact with each prompt. I really knew that a graphic designer was gonna be able to do that better than I was. I started my search by basically reaching out to my friends in the creative space, my friends who have worked with designers in the past, asking for recommendations. It felt like I was doing this for so long and just hitting all of these walls because all of these designers were saying they just couldn't take a project on that was this large and that was going to take a long time. 
So just kept basically being transferred to new people. Ultimately, I was given the contact of a college student and they wanted their friend to be involved in the project as well. It was going to be the same cost. They were just going to split it, but they felt like they were going to work together better. And because they were students, it was going to be more effective if they worked together. I was really excited. We started working on the project, basically just doing like ideas for the logo. So we started with brand and concepting for what the brand was going to look like. And at the beginning, I said, I feel like this is going to be a really great working relationship, but I'm going to pull together a contract just because I want you to be protected and I want to make sure that I'm protecting myself as a business owner, especially as this is our first time working together. And they said, okay, great. So I went back and forth with my legal counsel, putting together a contract, which in itself, I spent so much money on legal throughout this project, which is just another expense that you don't really think about when you're starting a business. But it's so important to make sure that you're protected and that you really understand what it means to be a business owner, that you're getting trademarks, etc. So I finally have this contract for my designers. It's pretty standard. I send it to them and say, happy to go over any of this together. And it turns out there was a huge conflict of interest in the contract. The designers that I was working with looked at the contract and they said, in the contract, it says that you are going to own the designs that we create. I didn't really know like what was standard in the industry, what designers expect of businesses. So when they came to me saying this, I was really surprised. I was like, well, because the design essentially is the entire product, if I don't own that, it basically means that I don't own the IP to my entire business and the first product that's coming out. We basically had to stop working together just after that first logo brainstorm because I didn't feel comfortable not owning the designs to my product. I just knew that that wasn't going to work for me. So I had to step away, pay them what they quoted for their design brainstorm and go separate ways. So that was kind of a rough start to creating this product. And then I decided to just go a completely different direction looking for designers. So I just started going on all of these design websites, specifically indie agencies, seeing who worked on projects there. I do have to give these these indie agencies a lot of credit for correctly hyperlinking people to their own personal websites that was so helpful by going down these deep dives I found this designer who I had a couple conversations with he was on the same page where I would own the designs and everything looked great sent him the contract he signed it and finally I had a designer for volume one So we had a lot of initial conversations about the general branding, but what he ultimately decided, which I think was really smart, is let's do the branding at the end and let's start with creating the product because at this point it was already taking longer than I wanted to to get started and I was kind of just antsy to get the book made. So he suggested that we, you know, focus on the design of the book, but then we can build the brand and the logo and everything after that. One of the big conversations that we had was about the font, because if you own the book or if you've seen what the book looks like online, there's really minimal design. And the only key design choice inside of the book was the font. I remember the first font he sent me was a Comic Sans variant. (laughs) I think it was like Comic Sans married with Courier. He had a lot of reasoning. He created like a 50 page deck basically saying why this font is great, why it works for this project, which I really appreciated because obviously I know that designers are much more versed in this world, but it was kind of one of those moments where I had to trust myself and say, this isn't really what I had in mind. Let's see what other paths we can go down. So then he sent me a file with 10 different fonts to choose from. Okay. Today, my designer showed me 10 fonts Okay. for me to pick one to design the journal with and okay. pretty much all the branding to start out with. So hopefully there's one in here that you like. Yeah. So there's two that I'm kind of on the fence with. So for all of them, he wrote out the brand name and he also wrote out examples. So I actually like this one because it does feel kind of nostalgic of younger days in school and workbooks. 
um, which could be a cool vibe. Okay, so this is the second font. It's called Maggie. He actually made this font. It feels like Dr. Officey to me, almost. It's very clean. Yeah, it's clean and it kind of, so the all of the diagrams are gonna be, look like they're kind of like hand-drawn. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes pretty well with that mm -hmm. in this like more casual. Mm -hmm. And then this is the last one, which is, this is literally a type that's designed for basically robots to be able to read. I'm just writing, like, I just want to see what font, like, handwriting would look like next to these. Mm -hmm. There's something that's inviting about this. I think, yeah, you want a font that's going to be inviting. Like, this is beautiful, but it's more formal. Right. Or whatever. Okay. Have that Thanks, Mama. I ended up picking this font that has a lot of ties to our childhood and felt very nostalgic. I didn't know why it was when I saw it for the first time that it felt really nostalgic. But then I realized that it's a very similar font to what was in those books. So even though it wasn't so chaotic and loud and, you know, have this like really strong brand feeling, it just felt really good. And in my gut, I was really excited that we landed on that. At this point, I started getting really frustrated with how the timelines were going. There were so many people that I was waiting on to hear back on quotes or seeing the designs or waiting for things from my legal counsel. And there was a lot of time where I just felt kind of suspended and feeling like I couldn't really do anything. It is March 31st, 2022. And I'm on my way to WeWork, but I wanted to give you a quick update on the business and where we're at. I mentally am in this really weird place because I feel like I'm putting so much time and effort into it in so many different angles and I'm seeing nothing manifest and it just feels so far away from being a tangible product in people's hands. So. I'm really having to be patient, but my designer has COVID, so we're waiting for him to feel better before we meet up. On the legal side of actually getting the brand named trademarked, um, both of my lawyers just had babies, which is really exciting for them, but horrible timing for me, so I'm just trying to be patient there. It's kind of just a waiting game, and I didn't realize how many people I would end up depending on for this project, but I'm practicing patience for now. Looking back, I don't think I could have done anything different because when you're working with other people, especially with my designer where he wasn't an employee, he wasn't on my timeline, and contractually, he had to be kind of working on his own timeline to not be considered an employee. So it was just a lot of waiting around. We also had to keep pushing back my timelines and... I am so grateful that I never teased this project online because there were so many times where I wanted to show sneak peeks of things that I was working on or in a vlog feeling like I had to prove myself that I was busy and I was building something in the background, but really just saying, okay, Margo, you don't want to kick yourself in the ass. You have no idea how this is going to end up. You might end up with a product that you really aren't proud of or don't want to come out with. And then you've been teasing for then two years about this thing that's just never going to see the light of day. I'm so grateful I did that because we had to keep pushing back the timelines. It was no one's fault. You know, I don't blame the designer, legal, myself, manufacturers. It's just the way things work. And I think because I didn't have this external pressure of just like feeling like I needed to get something out there, I could just take it at my own pace. And really the only thing I was concerned with was more like marketing flows and, and schedules. I originally wanted to launch the journal before the summertime because I feel like for myself, that's really when I love journaling. If you travel a lot, it's a fun thing to bring with you on your travels. But ultimately, it totally worked out, you know, landing in December, pre-holidays, pre-New Year, when everyone loves starting a new journal. But anyways, we'll get to that. Then came the conversation about, okay, what is this book actually going to feel like? What are the materials that we're going to be using? And this is where I am so, so grateful for my designer. And I 
I feel like there were certain things that I had to give up. Like we ultimately never worked on a logo or a bigger brand, but I did get this part of his brain and his experience, which I am eternally grateful for. This designer worked a lot in the book space. So he was really well versed in how to design a book and also how to create the book itself. He put me in contact with a bunch of different manufacturers overseas. They were all in Europe. Um, And I basically told him like generally what I was looking for. He matched me with people that he's worked with before, you know, as a designer for other brands that were building books. And that's ultimately how I found my manufacturer. I'm so, so grateful for that because I am so in love with the quality of the product. In hindsight, if I did one of these kind of like ready to print books, it just would not have been exactly what I would have wanted. And with my manufacturers, we were able to pick out the exact paper that we were using, what shade of paper that was going to be, the ink quality, the hardcover material. Um, I worked with my designer to come up with this concept that the outside of the book was going to be the same color as inside of the book. And then that morphed into, okay, what if the cover becomes interactive, just like the pages inside? So we wanted this paper-like material. But one of the big conversations with our manufacturer and, and with this designer, because he really was very thoughtful in like the bookmaking space, was a lot of the materials that were paper-like were not going to be strong enough to wrap around the hardcover. A lot of them would just break in manufacturing. So you'd basically just have like a ripped paper and then cardboard underneath, which is not what I wanted. So we had to find all these options and also using sustainable products was really important to me. And I wanted to make sure that because all of the different materials in this book were coming from different places, that I could go to the original manufacturer of the materials and make sure that it checked the sustainability box. Another topic was what the spine was going to be like, which is just like, I I think back to looking at those Alibaba websites and just seeing these books and being like, I think it looks like the right size. It looks like the right amount of pages. Fast forward to having these conversations of, okay, how do we want the book to lay when it's open? You know, on books, how sometimes when you open it, there's a little gap where the spine is. What type of gap do we want? Do we want it to be a bridge? Do we want it to be flat to the spine? That's going to change how the book opens. What color stitching do we want on that? Like every single detail was a conversation that we had. So in the book printing industry, from my very little experience, you are given one opportunity to kind of interact with the product that you're making before all of the you know final products show up wherever they're going to show up and that is by getting a dummy so a dummy is essentially a handmade book so it's pretty expensive i think it was a couple hundred dollars just to get this one book and it uses all of the materials that you are going to use in your full production And this is to make sure that the book opens up the right way, that the colors are accurate, that it feels right, that the thickness is what you want, but there's no printing in it. It's a completely blank book. Because this was my first time making a book, it was really important to me that I got this dummy. So I went into Brooklyn one day to meet my designer to to see it, to pick it up to get to draw on it and see if it was the right material. So that was a really surreal day. That was like the first time that I got to interact with the product. Okay, I just left and I'm so excited. The book looks amazing and it's in my possession and I'm so excited. It looks honestly so much better than I imagined. It feels really durable, but it's lightweight. The color matches the inside perfectly. And it's just really cool to touch something that I have been only speaking about in the cloud for a year. So I'm really excited. And this is a big moment. Yay! I was really happy with the dummy so we could move forward. Um, It would have been kind of a disaster and just a really expensive mistake if we wanted to make changes, but that's why you order the dummy if there's something that was totally off or if the pages looked too yellow or if the material on the cover wasn't strong enough, then 
that's kind of why you do that to catch any of those before you create the thousands of products that you that you ordered. This is probably like September 2022. Finally, the book was completely designed, ordered all of the materials to the manufacturer in Poland and sent them the files. So they started printing. This was really nerve wracking to me because I had to send a pretty big wire transfer amount to this company and basically just say, I've come this far, I need to just trust myself and make the product and also decide on how many copies to make because since this is my first product, I've done a merch drop with a necklace before, but I never saw the numbers of how many necklaces were sold. I didn't know how quickly they were coming in. And also because it was through kind of like a third party company that I really loved working with, but it wasn't me and it wasn't a product that I made. It was really hard to find data that would be helpful to figure out how many products I should make. Something else that had to be considered was, okay, once I get these products, how am I getting them out to the world? So if you're unfamiliar with what fulfillment is it's basically once you have all of the stock and then orders start coming in how do you actually get the product to your customers so how are they being shipped out where are they coming from who's packing them who's picking them up and how do you actually get products to your customers I started doing a lot of research about different fulfillment options and started looking into that okay it is March 31st 2022 I'm about to get on a call with a distributor, which I never really thought about until I was trying to figure out where I was gonna send the journals once they came in and how I was going to send them out and distribute them. I started looking into it and I realized that there's companies that did this for small businesses. I kind of thought they were only the type of distributors for the urban outfitters scale or like the giant businesses. So anyways, I have a call with one of their account executives today to learn more about kind of their services and if this would make sense. Um, I think I'm really far behind the customers that they usually work with considering I don't even have a website or a product. Um, but I'm intrigued to see what they say and if this is something that would potentially be a good fit. Doing really good, very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah, how's uh, how's your day going? So there were two options that I came to after doing a bunch of research. One of them was basically having all of the journals shipped to a warehouse where there's a fulfillment company. So they're also known as 3PLs. And when orders come in, these 3PLs would just ship them out. The attractive part of doing it that way is that it's pretty hands-off. Once orders are coming in, you can start working on the next thing. You don't need to be like physically there and spending a lot of time unpacking the orders. And also these people are trained in making sure that the orders get to the right place, the right products get there, and you know, that's what they do for their businesses. And I had no experience in that. But of course, the other option was just saying, let's figure it out and do it ourselves and basically bootstrap just sending this stuff out, which is ultimately what we decided to do for a handful of reasons. First and foremost, I had no idea how the product was gonna move. I didn't know if 20 of them were gonna sell in the first month and then we'd have these thousands of journals. Another reason was really just like understanding how that works and I always think that if you're entering a business, it's really good to be familiar with how everyone in that company or at least in your team operates. And this goes past, you know, starting your own business. But if you're working at a team in a company, I think it's really beneficial to know what everyone is working on. It just helps you to understand your role better and also how to communicate with those people better. So this would have been an opportunity to just get my hands dirty in fulfillment, understand how orders are coming in, how they get shipped out, the information that the customers have, like tracking, like all this stuff. I was just like, like how, I don't know how any of this works. So maybe I need to figure it out before I start outsourcing it. Once I decided, okay, I'm gonna do this myself, I had to figure out where I was gonna send it out. Like I had no idea what the size of the packages were gonna be. Like I knew how many journals I ordered, but I didn't know how many pallets they were gonna be coming on, if I was gonna have space. 
I live in a co-op that was kind of already off the table. I wasn't going to be able to do it in my own apartment just because of like co-op regulations for where I live. I was looking into renting studio spaces to fulfill the orders in New York, but that would have been more expensive than just having other companies do it. And when I was talking about this with my mom one day, she very generously said, why don't you do it in our basement? We have the space. We're not using it. And we'd love to have you home and working on it here, Um, which she did not need to do. This was like a huge ask to basically use an entire room in the house to fulfill this. But I am so grateful she said that because, as you may know, that is where all of the first round of orders came from. So finally, the books were all printed and I received two advanced copies in the mail. I am at my parents' house and the advanced copy of the book was shipped to my parents' house about a week ago. And this is the first chance I had to come home. This has been probably two years in the making. Oh, they sent two. I was gonna say this is big. (gasps) Here she is. Really nice elastic. This is actually crazy and it looks perfect. Getting that in the mail was the most surreal thing. To see the prompts in real life and get to show my family and oh my god, I just remember it being like, oh my god, I I did this. Like I freaking did this. Finally got all of the products into my parents' basement. And once I had all the products, there was really nothing stopping me from launching the brand. I also had created the website in the couple months leading up to this launch. So that was all pretty much ready to go. Of course, there were so many things that I just didn't know how they were going to work until we went live. So I started doing like password protected tests. So just going on the website, ordering something to, you know, my brother's address, making sure that the payment went through. I was having some issues with like Apple Pay and all this stuff. And it was just just trying to figure out all of these steps you realize how much goes into running a small business figuring out what nexus is to collect taxes just learning so many things even down to the wire of being like okay i need to turn tax on for certain states have never thought about doing that ultimately decided to launch on december 1 because i felt like that was just a good day to do it at this point i'd launched the business on Instagram and just started telling people about what the product was and how much it was going to cost and where to find it and when it was going to go live. I felt really good about finally going live with the business. Okay, I think it should be public. I'm going to test. It's public. It's public, I think. I think it's public. Okay, (laughs) we launched. We launched. I also just have to say thank you so much to anyone who ordered a journal from the first drop because you had to put a lot of trust in me and in the product to put your money to this so I really really appreciate it and if you want a journal but feel like you can't afford it right now I'll be creating these for hopefully a long time so take your time but thank you so much to anyone who has bought them because you have like (laughs) made me so surprised and happy I'm like getting choked up right now thinking about it because it was one of those moments where I just had to step back and say like okay remember this moment there's been so many challenges so many times I doubt myself you know before that launch and after and it's just a moment that you have to just take in and be like I did this like I just I fully just launched this business and it's a crazy feeling and if anyone listening has done that you know the feeling it's just a proud moment. Basically the week following, my parents and I were packing the journals. I had friends, shout out Julianne, Emily, Julie, who came over and helped me pack the journals, which was so meaningful. And just to see my crew like band together and help me out meant so much to me. The week following launch, I would wake up at 7 7 30 a.m by 8 30 I was down in the basement and I would stay in the basement 
until probably 9.30 or 10 at night just packing and would literally just make like scrambled eggs for lunch and then go back down because it was so important to me that they just got out and that when people ordered they knew that their tracking was ready and that it was being shipped out and this wasn't a scam and like I just was ready to get to get this journal in the hands of people. We included pens also in each of the orders and just figuring out like, okay, what's the best way to pack these? Also, all of them were wrapped by hand in gift wrapping. So that's kind of like the unboxing experience, which was really important. One of the moments that really sticks out to me in that week was after the first round of books were picked up by the post office because they were able to come to my house and we just like filled up their truck to the top. They were like, we've never had our truck this full and they would leave and I think it was after that that night that I looked at my mom and I kind of had this major moment of panic just thinking okay it's out in the world like people are actually going to receive this product and I now can't control the rest of this narrative like it's out in the world people are going to receive it and be able to go through it I really have never posted that many prompts from the journal so it is a huge surprise when you get the journal of what's inside and and just being able to interact with it. You just have to give up a lot of control once the product leaves your hands and just say, I hope for the best. I hope that this is what people knew that they were getting. From what I've heard, it has been and it has been so well received. It's insane, (laughs) like it's actually crazy. We sold out of the product in three days. I mean, this whole journey, I've learned so much. Could not have done it without the support of my boyfriend, my parents, my friends. Yeah, so that's kind of how I did no particular order. I do want to wrap this up, but I'm really, really excited to get this story out to you guys. I appreciate your patience if you made it to the end of this episode because It was a long one by a lot. This is definitely my longest working title episode, but this is what I'm really passionate about and I love talking about it. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. The journals again have been restocked. So we just did another major printing run. If you guys enjoy listening to the podcast, I really appreciate your reviews on Spotify you can leave stars there and on Apple you can you can leave written reviews you guys know that those are my favorite I want to shout out some recent reviewers on Apple podcast we have Stock Nellies Stock Nellies and Sunsets and Waves don't forget to ask any questions or things that I missed out on I know there's like a gajillion different things that I didn't talk about that I would love to share in future episodes of Working Title I'll talk to you guys in the next episode if you want to get your hands on No Particular Order Volume 1 head to noparticularorder.co and also follow us on Instagram at no particular order because I just have a lot of fun over there and it's a really cool community and you get to see how people decorated their journals so it's really fun I love you guys and I hope you have a great rest of your day bye